Well, I hope you've enjoyed listening to the podcast as much as I've enjoyed learning how to make the podcast. And of course, we both have learned new things about my space family. What have I learned? Well, okay, Brent, for example, he played Data. Brent told me not to use my voiceover voice in the opening and closing sequences. He said, just be like you are in the conversations. I responded, but Brent, I love to use my voiceover voice. Royal Shakespeare actors are always told to use their voiceover voice as much as possible. It makes me feel like I'm kind of narrating my own podcast. Okay, I'll think about it. Who knows? Maybe I will try to speak with more of my Ohio nasal twang. I'll think about it. Meanwhile, I'm going to take a three-week break, but we'll start up again with new episodes, beginning with Robert Picardo. And so, in both my Ohio voice and my trained voice, I want to thank you for coming along with me on my maiden podcast. Doing it not only got me through the pandemic lockdown, but it also challenged me to take a risk and try something I'd never done before. And by risking failure, I once again learned that embracing life is smarter than avoiding it. Thanks to all of you for supporting the podcast. I really hope you'll return in three weeks for some more. Thank you. And now it's time for part two of my conversation with Michael Dorn. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. During our first season of Star Trek The Next Generation, Michael Dorn was lucky enough to watch me improvise some dance moves in the Paramount Gym. Oh, yeah. He had just finished working out, and as he was walking to the door, he passed the studio where I was dancing my heart out. He looked in the window and was completely dumbfounded to see me leaping around the room all by myself. FYI, we were the only two persons in the gym at the time, and... Yes, he does do a good imitation of me doing the step I was doing when he watched through that window. I reminded him of a Jules Pfeiffer cartoon in the New Yorker magazine. We've laughed about that encounter for quite some time. Today, Michael talks about his musical history. He was a member of several Los Angeles bands, and he shares his top songs and some hilarious stories. We talk also about what he wants to do in the next decade. But first, he and I talk about the pervasive racism in the United States, and I ask him whether or not he has hope for something changing. Take a listen of today's episode of Investigates, Who Do You Think You Are? We begin in the middle of our discussion about people's resistance to change. The big impediment is our our people's... um, Ego is not the right word for it, but it's the stuff that they've learned, which is immediately, no, immediately, I can't do that. We've learned all this stuff, and it takes enormous courage 
to actually open up to the possibility that maybe not all of that information really works well and was actually what is best for us. Mm-hmm. It takes courage to sort of re-examine all that, no matter what, be it food, be it the way we were raised in terms of our values, all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Same thing about what's happening with racism. You know, to actually go, oh, I'm not racist, and then you, you, you start to think back in your life. If people could just talk to each other about stuff in a way that wasn't talking at somebody, but actually learn to listen and admit their own shortcomings and biases— it might start to change things because it's insane. What people have to do is realize who we are as a nation. And I can't tell somebody that. No. No matter how much I talk to them about that, you have to realize who we are as a nation. Yeah. And when we get to that point, then things will change. But up, up, you know, until then... I mean, if anybody told me, <laughs> somebody said, well, Michael, you know, I mean, what do you think about 2020? I said, I haven't been through this much shit since 1968. I you know? know. It's really tragic. <laughs> really? You it's know? horrible. And, um, and so if somebody told me that, that it was going to be like this, I would have said, oh, come on. Yeah. And until, until we get to that point where we can say that this is who we are. Yeah. And uh, it can't go on. The marching is good. You want to have awareness. You want people to, to protest. You want that thing. So that's, that's And thank God for the iPhone that's going to film, record things oh, that God. people have never seen, that they've just heard about. That and they've they just like, heard about. Yeah. Yeah. But the other thing, too, Gates, is that this is the thing that gets me about uh, this so, on so many levels. It's, it's a... It's a it's an opportunity, when my guy says, it's an opportunity to, to learn. And you're learning that there are people who are our age younger, not, you know, not kids, but, and when all of this stuff started to hit the fan, they go, I had no idea. And I go, what? <laughs> you know, you go, you, you had no idea? Remember, remember Rodney King? Mm. Remember that? Oh, God, do I ever. Yeah. It really does come back to race. I mean, you have to start looking at people that you know that voted for Trump, and you have to start looking at them and kind of, huh, you know. And um, I think the answer is very clear and very, very— the people, And people say, oh, no, Michael, there's great— I said, really? I said, uh I say, no, no, it's black and white. When they kill George Floyd. Oh, God. I said, um, my cousin and I were talking about it. And I go, you know, Don, I said, you know, it, it's, it was an execution. It was horrible, blah, blah, blah. But the thing, he said, I, I, he said, well, what do you think? I said, well, the thing that just stuck with me was how casual yeah. the cop was. Yeah. He had his hands Ch- in his pocket. Chilling, chilling. And he goes, I said, why is that? And he yeah. goes, because a huge part of the population don't think of us as human beings. And I went, yes. <laughs> I kind of went, uh, that makes sense. And, yeah. and then I was talking to Marina, and I said, God, you know, like you were saying, our country is built on this all men are created. And we go. It's not. Yeah, no, of course not. It was the foundation 
is racism and yeah. genocide. Yeah. That's our foundation. Yeah. Even talking about reparation. It's not about like, okay, this Michael Dorn, your family gets, uh, you know, $500 for this. No, it's I'm not talking about it like that. It's more the idea of admitting what we did to black people in this country. Talking about it to say, yes, this happened. And it's horribly racist and wrong. If you don't accept that this happened, I'm talking about colonialism and racism. How can you go forward? Well, the way I look at it, I, I, I just think that I just think that that is it's you know I, I I don't want to be the pessimist in the room, but but I think it's I think it's just a waste of time to talk. I don't think people um, there are people on <laughs> on the east and west coast. Yeah, you know you can talk to, and go, but you know for the most part. Uh, but how is it going to change then if you don't talk? Are you hopeless? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much because nobody, the only thing, I, I, I tell you, I was hopeless until this CBS interviewer asked Kamala Harris. Uh, she said, do you think Donald Trump is racist? And Kamala <laughs> went, oh, yeah. <laughs> right. That to me was a ray of hope because usually um, people will talk all around it. When I was growing up, you know, my parents were very, very um, strict about everybody's the same. I mean, all people are created all equal. All people, yeah. oh. And, yeah. and you're nice to everybody. You're polite right. with everybody. Right. There is nothing. And I just remember the first time that it really stuck with me is that we were probably six or seven or eight. And we were at a restaurant. And... In Pasadena. And there were restaurants that you couldn't go to in Pasadena. You just couldn't go. They weren't going to serve you. Um, Clifton's was one. There was another one. Uh, anyway, and we were sitting there having dinner. And the waitress comes over. And this white couple or maybe two or three people. And there was an empty table next to us. And they came over and they looked at us. And you saw this look of... You know, it oh, was, God. I've never seen. Oh, God. And they just turned in a loud voice. Is there another place we can sit? Oh, and the waitress goes, uh, yeah. And to me, that was a sting. Oh, yeah. I wasn't going, you know, but no. I just went. No, that's. Whoa. Yeah. Like, okay. When was the first time you were ever, like, were you stopped by police just yes. because you were a black man in a car? Yes. When was the first time that happened? Um, I think I was in my teens. So you were a young driver. Young driver. Uh, and I was in a, an MG. I had, a, I had an MG. Oh, yeah, that's like, a, that's the most classic racist thing. That's just like, okay, the guy stole it, yeah. And, Jesus. and they pulled me over and I was surrounded by five cop cars. No way. You were not five. Five. Oh, Jesus. And I just went, okay, oh, well. You, you know. who is the most, I mean, that is just. In my little. Why, why do you shirt. think, <laughs> like, did you first notice one? How, how did the five happen? Uh, well, one guy pulled me over and then all of a sudden he you called. look in your rearview mirror and there's a bunch of them. Yeah. Jeez. And, uh, but there, and then another time, um. But wait, then you showed them the, the your registration? Oh, I had, and, I had everything, yeah. yeah. And after a while, they went, okay, you can get out of here. 
Jeez. Uh, and then when I was in, I was doing a show in L.A., and I just played baseball in the Valley, like on Reseda or something like that. And I had a, I had a Porsche. No, this was... This Before was, I started. Oh, oh, God, yeah. Oh, this okay. Was, this is 1980. Oh, okay. 1981. And I had a Porsche. And I'm driving down Reseda, getting ready to get on the freeway. Cop pulls me over. I go, what's going on? Oh, uh, we've had a lot of, uh, you know, uh, burglaries. And, you know, we had reports of burglaries. And, and I went, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, so this isn't profiling, sir. No, no, no we had burglaries. You, had, you know, handsome Tom Selleck black guys, you know, <laughs> they've, they've, they've been really running rampant in this area. And, and he I made go, you do- Yeah, oh. I got out of the car. I didn't, they never oh. cuffed me and like that, but I got out of the car and they were like, you know, they ran the plates and da-da-da-da-da. And I go, well, okay, you're, you're. I mean, how do they, how do they say goodbye? Aren't they ashamed out of their minds? <laughs> I no, just, I think they enjoy it. Oh, Jesus. And then uh, a funny time is that, not even, it wasn't funny, but I was, I, I think black guys in foreign cars, they just yeah, don't yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, yeah. maybe, you know, especially <laughs> German cars, maybe that's it. But, uh, but oh, I, I was, I had a Ferrari and. I was coming back from a party, I think it was at Marina's house, and I had Natalie, who you know, oh, yeah, right. in the car. Right. Nice 348, beautiful. And I'm on sunset as you're going into Beverly Hills. Right. You know, right, right there. Right, right there. Driving, we're laughing, talking. Boop, pull over. And I go, uh, what's up? <laughs> Well, I just wanted to check and see because we've been having some, some, and Natalie was like, the guy goes back and Natalie goes, can you believe it? She starts yelling, I said, Natalie, not now, not now. please, please, <laughs> whatever, you can do it afterwards, right. but he's going to get mad at you That's and right. shoot me. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And, and, oh she, my and, God. She, and you just kind of go, wow. Although, and there was, you know, I mean. There were times I was pulled over because I was speeding. You yeah, know? yeah. But those were the three times I was just like, and so you know, you yeah, you get it. You know, you oh get yeah, it. you get it. I want to know a, more about your bands that when you started playing and you had. A, a, I want to hear. I I want the names of these bands. I want to know if you wrote your own songs ever or what was your favorite cover. I want to know, okay? Because I remember when I went to your first house and um, I went, oh, my God, how cool. He's got, like, it's set up. Like, you could just do a set right there. I'd never met anybody who had, like, a set of the whole, you know, whatever. You had the mics. You had the thing. It was right there. Um I thought that was the coolest thing. Oh, that's so funny. Tell me, what was the name of your favorite group that you guys did? Oh, gosh. Um, well, there were there were two favorites. Uh, I had a, a band, and I didn't have it, but I was part of a band in high school, and, and it was called Signet, which is a young swan. We had a lead singer, and he was a little, you know. Who came up with the title? He did. It was, <laughs> I was kidding. I was I wasn't very signet. I go signet. He goes, yeah, it means young swan. He did looks like that. I go, 
fellas, <laughs> you know, what do you think? And uh, oh god, oh that was that was. But you played bass. I played I played flute first, <gasps> and then I learned how to play the bass. And I had played guitar before, so, so you was, played flute in high school. I mean, at grade school even. Oh god, I played flute for. I didn't know God. you played flute. Do 12. you ever play again? Oh, let me have. We played at, at. Oh, with oh Rob. Okay, yeah. right. Yeah. No, actually, just recently, I um, uh, Janice's my girlfriend's daughter was taking clarinet, and yeah. I just got so excited, and I yeah, right. got my flute out, and hey, we can make duets together. And she <laughs> was like, so eh, "Don't, don't do that, you know, Michael. <laughs> you know, please." Yeah. Um, but uh, but I played that. I played in the band. And then they said, Michael, we need a bass player. And so I knew how to play guitar. And did you sing? Yes. Mm -hmm. Because you have such a good voice, but you weren't the lead singer. I was not the lead. I was, yeah, we we did, we traded off leads. Certain songs I would do and certain songs. So what was the one you would do, the lead? I would do um, Evil Ways by Santana. Mm -hmm. I would do Brandy. (laughs) Oh, okay. At night. When the bars closed down, Brande walked through a side. <laughs> I love it. And uh, oh, I would do, um, I would do "Spill the Wine" by Eric Burton. And um, did you do any blues soul? No, we were we were just kind of pop. Okay, you know, kind of middle of the road. We we loved the. We didn't do any R and B at all either. And then um, I left, went to San Francisco, and I practiced like crazy. And when I got back, there was a group called Taraj. And I never knew what it what meant. What did that mean? <laughs> Taraj? We just said it was French for garbage, you know, or something <laughs> like that. But it was it was a it was a very good group. It was hmm. uh, my buddy Lee, the piano player uh, Noah Stevens, Paul, who was a drummer, and Peter Day, who was the guitar player. And it had potential mm. it was a lee was this singer that you just couldn't imagine i mean he was Who, so good so what his what were his best songs like oh man he would do um um nature boy there was a boy very change enchanted okay and he did this one thing by um come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination <laughs> There'd be women, <laughs> and they're, they were sitting there with their mouths open. Hmm. Just hmm. Uh, then Lee quit because, you know, it was the way lead singers do. You know, oh, you're stifling my creativity. And then and I that went was to, about what? How old there? Uh, I was 26, 27, 25, 26. But you were hoping maybe to make a go of this? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, then I got into another group, a big group. It was six or seven or eight pieces, and it was called Murder. Mm, now that sounds more like up my alley. Yeah. It was, and that was a, that was an R&B group. Uh, that's more of my And we alley. played behind a, um, we had our own set that we played, and then we played behind a group that was like the Four Tops. Mm, 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 mm. See, and when so, I went, when I, I was uh, the kind of nanny of my, principal of my high school, I was like nanny to his two kids, and they would go to New Jersey Beach every summer, and mm-hmm. I would meet all these lifeguards, and they were all from Philly, and they were all so into, I mean, the Philly our, sound, the Philly oh sound. My god. Oh my and god! And I, I, 
memorized every single like Smokey Robinson song. I knew all the moves of the Four Tops, the Temptations. By the time I got to freshman year in college, I knew the moves of just about every single one that I'd ever seen on television of James Brown. He was kind of my favorite. Everything he did, there was just something, I don't know. I, I just thought he was incredible. Um, the, the big group was was really good. and um, But in the meantime, I was doing, starting to get into session work, you know, in the studio. And, um, but I was kind of going, you know, the acting and the music was kind of going along at the same time. Mm-hmm. The acting was doing a little better, mm-hmm. but I said, you know, I can't do both. I got it. Yeah, it's and, hard. And uh, what what changed my mind was they said this, the big group, they said, oh, Michael, we're going to be going down to San Diego and we're playing behind a beauty contest. You know, we're going to be doing, and I go, and we're all in our 20s. So we're like going, oh, oh, oh I see. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. it was just, oh my God. And so we pack up and we go down there. And we played, and the group is, you know, you know really good time. And I, we're like, we're waiting, you know, because, you know, we're like, okay. And the guy says, the announcer comes out, now the the drag queen contest of the West. No. <laughs> and you thought you were going to be meeting all these hot women. I love it. And I love that so much. Oh my God. Guys were coming out in these gowns, you know, oh. very, and we're, you know. <laughs> I wouldn't get to see that oh, video. We're like, we're like going. That's, un- so that's even amazing at that time that they were doing that down in San Diego. Oh, yeah. That's pretty progressive. And so actually. we, uh, and, and from there, you know, that wasn't, I mean, that didn't steer me away from right, it. Right, right. It was just the idea that after that, um, we're down in San Diego and we finished. In those days, you did four and five sets. Wow. I think we did four sets. Wow. And That's then a they lot. said, we want you to do a fifth set. And we go, okay, but we contracted for four. You got to pay us extra. And they said, no, either if you don't do the fifth set, we're not going to pay you. <gasps> and, and I went, That's totally illegal. And I went, okay, well, that's it. And I told the guys, make sure my stuff gets in the truck. And I got in my car. And they stopped me <laughs> as I was driving away. and said, okay, they're going to pay us. I went, okay. All right. And But that was it for me because uh, music, you know, acting is hard, you know, but music is just brutal. It's brutal. I mean, it's really brutal. It's brutal in the classical world. I mean, it's brutal, oh. as you know, from my son. Well, I mean, you know, and the, th- the, the thing with the classical world that I like is that if you're good, you're good. In rock and roll and that music, you don't have to be good. You just have to be lucky. And mm. you have to, you know, you can be kind of good and you can, you can achieve. Mm. Who's your favorite band of all time? All time? Mm-hmm. Top three. Tower Power. Uh, Rufus and Earth, Wind, and Fire. Hmm. Really interesting. My all-time favorite artist is Prince, but no, I take that back. The Beatles. Yeah, the I Beatles. Was, oh God, I was, I we couldn't wait Beatles until the Beatles fan. album would come out. Yeah. Hey, did 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 your did your um, was your family like going? You can't listen to those albums. <laughs> no, they weren't really. No, but we used to just go nuts waiting for the next album to come out and oh stuff. My God. But I had a real split because I really, really did um, 
I think that most of my whole growing up time and first dating time was totally into um, uh, black bands and and black singers, R&B, mm-hmm. and, I mean, um, uh, Dionne Warwick. I mm-hmm. mean, just... It, <laughs> well, we went, th- we went through, um, I mean, growing up, until the Beatles, it was all Motown. That was it. It was all Motown. Yeah, I mean, or else you had things that were... Well, no, you had Elvis. That's not true. No, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't. I mean, Elvis was earlier, sort of yeah. a little bit. But, but that wasn't that wasn't our that was. But I did our, have country. We had, we were close to country stuff in Appalachia. Yeah. I did like country stuff as well. Um, yeah, I, I was into all that. The only country song I like is uh, El Paso. <laughs> I, I have that. I've got that forty-five. Do you know that? I have like about. 345 mm. records <laughs> from all of my... Yeah, that was so great. I just love that. But, um, all right. but then we had um, the Beatles were a big influence. Um, but then in the 70s, 72, 73, all that time, it became um, funk and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of funk. Led Zeppelin, did you like that? No, no, oh, but there them. was so... Average white band, mm-hmm. Boss Gags. How about the Chambers Brothers? Did you uh, Chambers Brothers are all right. They were all right. Um, uh, Sly and the Family Stone, mm-hmm. all of these groups. And then, God, you know, just... And I, I, I still play it up until 80, 87, 88. Yeah. I, I became a real punk person uh, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, really got into... Nirvana. Well, you know what was big is I loved... Um, uh, MTV, all yeah. those, all yeah. those, it was those videos. Oh, to see just, that, wasn't that great? Oh, yeah, God, just I love the tubes. I love Oingo Boingo. I love Devo. Right. Oh yeah, I did too. They're from Akron, Ohio. Are I they mean, really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I, actually, I met I met him when I was doing Pilates when I was first oh, really? doing Pilates in L.A. and and it and I'm like. Wait a minute, are you you the man from Devo? And he's like, Yep. And it was like really a trip. Yeah. So, Akron. So now, yeah. So another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Um, what would, yes. What would, going forward, um, which is hopefully what we will do in mm-hmm. our lives, mm-hmm. um, are there some things on your bucket list? Um, travel. Um, just, Where? Just, so- just start someplace and... Go with go where the where adventure you're. travel or just seeing the culture. Just seeing, tra- just seeing cultures mm-hmm. and you know whatever. I mean that's that's kind of not a bucket list really, mm-hmm. um, but um, but that's something I want to do. Um, in our business, I don't know because um, the, the the business has changed so much that you know I don't know what I want to be in. I don't know what part of it I want to be in. Because um, you've done writing, directing. I mean, you've done kind of done it all. Yeah, I'd like to. I mean, I think I'd like to write, direct, and star in a movie, or one of the three. 
write a movie, direct it, somebody else star in it, or... Can I star in it? No. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Your li- we could do your life story. <laughs> yeah, you'd be my mother, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know, it's a very, you know, here's a very, very interesting story. I just did a, a little short, I think it's 12 minutes, called Entwine, mm-hmm. and talking about racism. And it was, um, I don't know if we, I don't know if I told you about it, but it was, it was, it was a movie about these people who hadn't seen each other in 50 years. And they were very close in high school, but she's white and he's black and there mm. was a whole thing and they couldn't stay together. And um, they kept saying, well, Michael, do you want to do it? I said, you don't know how close this is. Mm. Uh, mm. And I know, I still know the woman to this day. Wow. She, um, and did, she and you, did you couldn't date or you dated some? No, we, we it, weren't allowed it, to. It was, it, yeah, we oh, were in wow. ninth grade. And wow. it was in great, Pasadena. In Pasadena. And uh, she, we were all these people that were friends of mine who were white, they had a swim party. And I was in there swimming, I was swimming around. And they, she came and uh, they said, Charlene, Get on your suit. She lived close. Get on your suit and come back. Okay, she comes out in her suit. And she's fabulous. I mean, mm. She's very beautiful. And so, and there was nothing, you know, but some reason she liked me. And I liked her, but I liked her more once she came and sat next to me before class. Mm. And in those days, you're going together. <laughs> That's, wow. And so she sat right next to me. And was just like, and we talked and talked and we hung out and went to, and then at a dance on Friday night, Mm. she sent a friend of hers over and said, a friend of mine over and said, hey man, um, Charlene says she can't see you anymore because friends and family won't let her, won't let her, let you guys be more than just friends. Wow. And it was just Heartbreak. Oh, you got angry? Was, oh, man. Yeah. And my friend, uh, Jim Kendall, I'll never forget, he, you know, his dad was kind of very liberal and mm. and they smoked and everything like that. And, Come on, Mike, let's go up to my house and we'll <laughs> smoke cigarettes, you know? And I go, oh, and I call my mother. I go, Mom, something really terrible has happened and I'm going to go up to Jim. She goes, Michael, come home now. I said, no, you don't understand any of it. So we went up there. <laughs> We're in ninth grade, smoking cigarettes, going, women, women, huh? What are you going to do? And um, anyway, so cut to, I was working on Deep Space, and a lady comes to my trailer and says, Mr. Dorn, hi, I just want to let you know that Charlene is my aunt. Charlene, you know him. So I went and had dinner with her and her husband and her daughter. And then she and her daughter came to the set. I think I was directing one of the shows, and they came to the set and stayed the day and had a great time, had lunch. And did you and she talk about that? Uh, We didn't talk about it much then. You're going to love this one. So then maybe 10 years ago, 12 years ago, something like that, she's up in L.A., and I go see her. And we talked, and, oh, and we talked a little bit about it then. We always talked, even when we were in high school, we, we, we talked and we both said we were cheated. Because mm. it was just, she was just, 
And um, so, and that was it. And then just recently, I sent her a tape of that movie I did. Hmm. And she goes, the woman even looks like me. I said, I know, you know. Wow. And she goes, Michael, you know, I got to tell you something. You know, that was so, and we start talking a lot mm. more about it, especially mm. because of the, the atmosphere that we were in. And uh, she goes, you know what? I was talking to my daughter and I told her about it. And my daughter, she, she said, my daughter was just appalled, mm. you know, mm. and uh, she just couldn't understand it. I said, yeah, yeah. And she had written a little song or a poem back then. Oh, wow. And Charlene goes, and I told her I had wrote this, this thing. And she goes, you got you to gotta give it to him. And she goes, oh, I don't think. So she asked me, I said, I want to, of course I want it. And she had written a poem. She remembered it by heart. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Can you, like. Oh, I don't have it. No, no. but I mean, but it was about, like, wanting to go out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was about, basically, she saw me as this guy who was the nicest guy that she's ever met. Um, that was, you know, kind of description of me, you know, and, and how she was, how she felt, um, she was upset with herself that she Mm. wasn't stronger. Right. And all she wanted was to have me by her side. I'll send it to you. I think I still have it. I would be very moved to send, yeah. You were moved. I was like. No, but I mean, that's beautiful when somebody puts down their feelings like that. What has been the biggest thing that's, um, that has been positive for you in the um, having to stay home with COVID and everything? Is there, what's been a positive? Um, really an opportunity to, to really look at yourself, you know, to really get a handle on who you are and where you want to be. And also, time is short. Yeah. Time is fleeting. I mean, it's, you know, it's like not so much about I don't have much time or that type of thing, but, you know, you have to do the things that you want to do. Mm-hmm. You just... To try. If nothing else, you have to try. Just try. Yeah. And also, you you figure that you can do... Uh, a lot of stuff that you didn't think you could do. Like what? Um, really learn how to cook, mm, you know? Okay. Really learn yeah. how to to do that. It's actually fun. Um, I, I read a lot more mm. because you have two hours or three hours or whatever the case. Um, I write. I just finished my Western opus. Nice. And, um, how often, how, like, how long do you, are your sessions of writing? Is there sort of, you go, uh, sometime I, I do it by page scenes. Right. Um, if the scene is going really well, I keep going. Right. And it could be like four and five hours. Uh, if it's not, I'll just do one scene, make sure that I like it and then leave it alone. Right. But, um. But yeah, but you know, but nothing hasn't been any epiphany. But well, it definitely is. It definitely is a a time to to reflect on 
really who you are, like yeah. really who you are. Yeah. If you would say, like, what is one of the things you like the most about yourself in terms of who you are, and what's one of the things that you would like to work on about yourself in terms of who you are? Uh, I'm, I'm uh, like Natalie says, I'm Captain Naivete, and I like that. I really think that's the, one of my best qualities. <laughs> well, people wouldn't say that, but... Um, Naivete and, like... Oh, I think everybody's wonderful and everybody's great. Right, and, right. You know, you meet somebody and the, my first thought is, wow, tell me about yourself, you know, and... Um, you really are an open, lovely, humane person, and that is in the sense of you are kind and you are generous. You are. It's, thank you. It's wonderful, wonderful. And um, the thing I work on is being non-judgmental and I want to be better about that. It, it really is about letting go of what we've been taught. Yes, that's exactly what it's about. Because this is... You're not born thinking this. It's no. what you've been taught. And people people will, they will, when we talk about these things, I said, let me ask you something. And usually I don't have kids, but I tell people, I ask people that have kids. I said, when your kids were like young, one, two, three, four, five. They were like this. Oh my God, I love <laughs> everything. everything. <laughs> you, know, you know, they see they see a person who's different than they. Oh my God, look at that person, right. and they just you 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 see you see them look at you, and they are just and <laughs> their eyes are riveted mm -hmm. until they get distracted of course but their eyes are riveted on you with no judgment no judgment no because they don't know and that, exactly that's, that's and that's who we are that's right that's who we are as human beings that's and, who we're supposed to be and but you, if you have right education if you actually allow kids to be integrated and oh and do all that kids don't see they don't see race they don't see gender they don't see any of that they're just people and uh, i mean it's the way it should be, and it's such a wonderful thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's just incredible. It's a beautiful incredible. thing, yeah. And then they get older, and, and the parents go, that's terrible. That's <laughs> ugly. Don't touch that person. <laughs> right. Or earlier, yeah. Or earlier, yeah. yeah. And, and so, and so I, I, I would love to get to that point. Yeah. To where uh, nothing of my learned self is is it's the opposite yeah my true nature is overriding everything else no that's beautiful well i i think that's a really and, good thing um, to aspire to I, oh yeah I, I i'm i'm totally with you on that well i'm glad that you are uh in in my life and uh i i'm glad that my son knows you and uh that, uh, Such a cool you. guy. <laughs> well, he thinks you're pretty cool too. So, uh, uh, of course, I love it when we are in. Uh, <laughs> oh, I know it's so funny. <laughs> and you go, yes, I remember <laughs> I did this, and, and Jack goes, no, mom. no, mom, you didn't. <laughs> no, mom, you and didn't. you go, and you went, oh no, no, I, I think that I. No, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> He's so great. And he just puts me, he like, just simmers me right down. I, I, I love it. And He's he hilarious. Looked, and, he, and he looks at us and goes, she does this all the time. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So, and and um, <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's. I gotta say the the best thing, and I'll say this. Just I wasn't going to talk about it, but people talk about the uh, you know Star Trek. 
what was the thing you got out of the most? What did, what did you? And I said, the best thing I got out of it were those relationships. Yeah. Relationships. Yeah. Just, you, just, you just can't imagine. And nobody, you can't explain it to anybody about our relationships. Yeah. You just can't. We've been through a lot and we've grown and, and oh. strong bonds. It's oh great. Oh, my God. You know. Yeah. It's a treasure. It really is. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. and I, I've done a couple of shows, you know, and you, you're you still friends with people, but not like this. Yeah. So. Well, all right. On that note. And by the way, uh, I know that you're happy that, that I'm in your life, but um, today <laughs> I, I'm leaving and I'm not, I don't want to ever talk to you again. <laughs> So I'm out of your life. <laughs> Rudy! Rudy! All right, baby, okay, I love right. you. Thank you. I love you too, honey. As I end my conversation with my good friend, I'm left wishing I had a voice as rich as his. But actually, his friendship is even richer. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast of Investigates. Who do you think you are? And I hope to see you next time. Until then, be well and stay safe.